From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Wednesday, November 10th. I'm Sarah Reich. Public meetings will remain remote in light of increasing COVID numbers. Public Health Officer Dr. Andy Corrin told the Board of Supervisors yesterday he fears the rising tally could herald a new surge. The state modelers have not yet determined whether this will be a big or bigger um, surge than it was last year. We, of course, have more people vaccinated, so that should mitigate it. And now adding in the very safe and effective vaccine for the 5 to 11-year-olds, state and federal mandates are hoped to improve the demand. Corin shared some grim numbers. The case rate on November 6th was 22.5 per 100,000 per day, which was 74% more than three weeks ago. Uh, and it's higher than Halloween was in 2020, just before the winter surge. Our test positivity has gone up 30% uh, from 4.4% to 6.3%, and that's consistent with a high community transmission. COVID hospitalizations are down to 10 in the county. Uh, however, I would expect with the current rise, if it continues, that the hospitalizations may continue as the case numbers go up. COVID deaths now, unfortunately, account for 92 Mendocino County residents. That is five more than three weeks ago. There have been exposures at schools, but no actual outbreaks. Still, exposures had serious ramifications at one small rural school. And at this time, there is uh, Potter Valley High School, which closed their high school class due to six students and one staff member, all of whom unvaccinated, who tested positive but they were involved in four different exposure events, so not formally tied to an outbreak. The decision was made, however, to close for 10 days uh, due to three three issues. One was those numbers accounted for 10% of the student body. There was also a significant number of non-compliant, even defiant families who wouldn't let their children be uh, tested or, uh, or in any other way um, uh, change their behaviors. Uh, they weren't masked. And so they, they've continued to send their uh, students to school unmasked. And uh, so it made modified or shortened quarantine impossible to track. And the third reason to close it was really to avoid confrontations with some of these students and families. The campaign of spreading medical misinformation and making unsubstantiated allegations continued during public comment. And supervisors agreed to convene an ad hoc committee consisting of Supervisors Ted Williams and Glenn McCourty to look into PG&E's Enhanced Vegetation Management Program. It took a few tries for Chair Dan Jurdy, Williams, and finally McCourty to settle on a name for the committee. To bring back recommendations um, for PG&E's, um, you want to say deforestation, but they're... they're, they're can, we call the, can we call it the PG&E moonscaping ad hoc? I, I think it's better not to immediately get into a pejorative kind of situation and probably just call it vegetation management, but uh, it, it goes beyond that. Any one of us did that on our property, we, we'd probably be subject to, to jail. Cannabis operators learned that their cultivation permits will be denied if they violate rules about cutting down trees. But a community group called Friends of Faulkner Park urged the board to oppose PG&E's plans to cut down dozens of the county park's redwoods that are between 52 and 144 inches diameter at breast height. Sid Bernstein, a health educator at the Anderson Valley Health Center, called to tell the board that she thinks the small county park is an important public health resource. This is the only free public access space that we have here in the valley to enjoy 
the Redwoods. Um, it's a place I, see, I frequently send patients, both young and old, to exercise and to be outside and to be able to enjoy the natural space they have our, we have around us free of charge. Um, I think what PG&E is doing is gutting the heart of this park and will make it unusable. And I think in years to come, we'll see the, the forest succession lead to potentially greater fire risk. Williams plans to meet soon with PG&E representatives about plans for the park, which is in his district. You know, PG&E almost burnt us down and now they're moonscaping. This is a timber harvest plan without a plan. And I, I think we should be uh, try- collaborating with uh, neighbor- neighboring counties on getting a sensible plan in place. We do want to see vegetation removal. We do want to remove the fire danger. But, you know, where they take trees down and they cut them in marketable timber and se- sections that are so small they can't be utilized, it's very wasteful. And I don't think it represents the values of Mendocino County. McGordy agreed to the importance of iconic redwoods and put in a word for equally vital oak woodlands. He, too, is all in for a regional approach. I, I just wanted to comment on the PG&E Hackenstock, as we call it. And while redwood trees certainly need protection, and I'm 100% behind that, that would be a, a travesty if they they cut a big swath through one of the treasures of Mendocino County that uh, our county owns. But I also feel horrible when I look at 400-year-old uh, blue oak trees that were cut down and just left to lie, uh, not removed from people's property. I know that there's a, an effort going on with uh, in Sonoma and Napa counties to address uh, PG&E's extraordinarily damaging program to uh, protect the fire lines and, uh, I mean, their power lines. And I, I uh, would like to see Mendocino County get more involved in that. And, and I would offer to bring information back to the board on what we can do. Uh, there, there, there is quite a lot going on. And uh, I, I, while I recognize the need for public safety, there's more than one way to, to make those corridors safe. And what's going on right now, it just seems really unacceptable to me. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.